0: Hi friends and welcome to the second week of Lent and also part two of our series in Restore. And what we're going to focus on in part two is fasting, but we're going to talk about fasting in relationship to healing the relationship with ourselves, of how this discipline heals the relationship with ourselves. Like in part one, we talked about how prayer and not just kind of empty prayer, just meaningless words, but real prayer heals our relationship with God because it brings us back all the parts that have been fragmented. It brings us back into union with God. And Jesus is always working toward our wholeness and communion. If you read the Gospels, you're going to see that any healing that Jesus does, whether it's a physical healing, emotional healing, you know, communal healing, whatever he's doing, whether it's feeding a hunger, he's always bringing people back into communion and wholeness. And that's what healing is. So healing is not fixing. Jesus Christ doesn't come to fix us. You're not a problem to be fixed. Jesus Christ comes to love us. And there's a great saying that wherever love is, healing is constantly occurring. Wherever love is, healing is constantly occurring. So we're going to continue on this journey. We're going to take prayer with us, of course, because that's foundational, like we learned in the journal. Prayer is foundational. So we're going to keep that with us, and we're going to kind of go into the next reality, which is fasting. And we're going to talk this week about freedom of heart. If we can't say no to something in our life, how can we really say yes? And what the fasting does is it allows a no to give a yes. So that when I can see a desire that comes to my heart, and something for that is good, true, and beautiful, or something that maybe I've indulged in that you know st- just needs correcting or it needs to be um, purified a bit, what that does is it gives me the wherewithal and the power of Jesus Christ to say no to this, so I can say yes to this, because Jesus is always inviting us to a greater yes. And so what we find often in our souls is that we have little things in our hearts, like is sometimes it's even like potato chips or it's like a certain Netflix show that you like or all the different things that we kind of take time doing. It's these little things that we think, oh, it's not such a big deal. And we have such a hard time saying no to them. And there's a reason why we do, because they're fulfilling something Right, or they're speaking something to us. But when we can, fasting is something that actually brings out a certain agony. It brings out a certain crucifixion, as it should. But what it does is it purifies our hearts and it gives our hearts freedom to say yes to the things that truly matter. And then many times when we go go back to certain things that we fasted from during Lent, and we experience them again, and we experience the beautiful pleasure of what they are when they're good, true, and beautiful, we can receive them as the Lord is asking us to receive them that we're not turning to them as idols, But we can love goodness, we can love truth, we can love beauty, we can love pleasure, we can love the beautiful things of this life in the way that God intends, which brings order to the whole soul. He's bringing us into communion with Himself, which brings us into communion with ourselves, and through that communion, it brings us into communion with others. So it's a whole trajectory of how God brings us into wholeness and communion. So fasting isn't just giving up chocolate, okay, or giving up Cheetos, unless that's like a huge thing for you, which it is, if it is, go for it. It's something so much more. And something that I mentioned in the journal is the word discipline and disciple, the D-I-S-C, that root word, comes from the the root word to mean student or to mean learning. So we're always in the school, we're always learning. We're always learning new things. We're learning from the master. We We never graduate from the school of love. I hope nobody, including myself, ever looks at God and says, you know what, that's enough. I've learned enough. Because the day that I do that, that's the day that I start dying. I hope I never look at Jesus, even in the most difficult moments, and say, you know what, that's enough, don't do that anymore. I hope my heart is always full of grace, enough to be like, this is really hard, Lord, and I don't understand it, but I don't want you to stop because I want to be one with you. So I give you full permission in every place of my heart to come at any moment and to talk about anything you want to talk about, because it's in that relationship that I'm set free. And that's our deepest heart, our freedom and love, to have a life that matters, a life that is going somewhere. And that's what Jesus comes to reveal to us over and over and over again, that we have an end and the end is Him. And that's a love that never ends. That's why I often say that, you know, in every, in the Christian, in the Western world, every fairy tale ends with the phrase, and they lived happily ever after. That's the deepest desire of our heart to live happily ever after. As C.S. Lewis says, it's, it's you know eternity is like a book which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, and in which every chapter is better than the one before. So this is where we're going. And, and fasting is a big part of that because it helps bring everything that's hidden to the fore of our hearts. One thing that I'm going to invite you to during this time that we're gonna focus on fasting and this relationship of healing ourselves is I'm going to invite you to look at some deep places in your heart and this might be difficult, but one again, once again, I want to remind you that Jesus is with you because it's not until we start looking at the roots of why we do what we do, that transformation doesn't happen until we start doing that and continue to allow the Lord to do that. Something that I talk about in the journal this week that you might find interesting is I have a priest friend who's an exorcist and he was talking about how the enemy, how Satan is like a sniper that your wounds are not arbitrary, that the enemy with his angelic intellect can intuit the destiny of every human person and he will shoot his most poisonous arrows in the deepest places to destroy you the most. But the priest said, but what he realized after working with so many people who have suffered severe trauma, and we all have, we've all had areas of deep wounding, that it's in these very places that the Lord allows for his own mysterious sovereign purpose. It's in these places that the greatest love the greatest light, the greatest goodness, the greatest compassion, the greatest mercy. It is in these very places of deep sorrow and deep suffering that when they are are transformed over time, become the most beautiful places of glory. Exactly like Christ when he rises from the dead with his wounds open, they become instruments of light, of healing, of restoration, of hope. And that is what God is about for us. His love this week is going to, in many places, just wash over us. And I use the image of the ocean of how, you know, I had this image of myself with this part of my heart that was like a fist. And it was something that was so painful for me. And the reason why we have fists in our hearts, so to speak, or just, you know, kind of like the fist is a sign of aggression. You know, the reason why we do that is because it's protecting something very painful here. It's something very vulnerable here. And the Lord some time ago uh, showed this place of my heart to me and I could see this place here, but it was just so painful and it felt so overwhelming, I didn't know what to do. So out of self-defense, like we all do, I kind of had developed a fist of managing and kind of like, I'll be fine, I'll just kind of do my thing. And Jesus deeply encountered me one morning in prayer. And he said to me, my bride, if, if you want to be well here, you're going to have to receive the truth and not be you know, convinced of it, not be like, just kind of act, you know, passively resigned to it, but to receive it. And to receive it means to take it into ourselves and he showed me that this part of my heart was very tender so I had kind of a self-defense mechanism of something like this and that Jesus had no desire to pry my fist open, to make me face something I didn't want to face. All he was going to do in his deep love and reverence for me was just inviting me to allow his love like the ocean just to wash back and forth over that and to little by little allow it to reveal the deeper places. And that's what happens to us over time. And so what you might find as we kind of discuss fasting and we talk about the deeper places of fasting as you go through the journal this week, is you're gonna find there might be some areas where, gosh, fasting has been like one thing for you, have a certain experience with it, or you might find that it reveals some really deep things about your heart. Because we're gonna go to some deep places. And that's okay, that's okay. So just to notice when that happens, to allow it to come to the surface of your heart and to have a conversation with Jesus about that right there because his desire is to order our loves so that we love well. And that is what this journey is all about, loving like Christ love. So we will see you next week.